Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 679. The Cathayus spat an irritated noise. What is this? Why so guarded? Why the games? Ask me of the Chandrian and have done. I stood stunned and silent. Surprised? Why should you be? Goodness, boy, you're like a clear pool. I can see ten feet through you, and you're barely three feet deep. There was another blur of motion, and two pairs of wings went spinning to the ground, one blue, one purple. I thought I saw a sinuous motion among the branches, but it was hidden by the endless, wind-brushed swaying of the tree. Why the purple one? I asked, simply to have something to say. Pure spite, the Cathaya said. I envied its innocence, its lack of care. Besides, too much sweetness cloys me, as does willful ignorance. A pause. You wish to ask me of the Chandrian, do you not? I could do nothing but nod. Not much to say, really, the Cathaya remarked flippantly. You would do better to call them the Seven, though. Chandrian has so much folklore hanging off it after all these years. The names used to be interchangeable, but nowadays if you say Chandrian, people think of ogres and rendlings and skaven. Such silliness. There was a long pause. I stood motionless until I realized the creature was waiting for a response. Tell me more, I said. My voice sounded terribly thin to my own ears. Why? I thought I detected a playful note in the voice. Because I need to know, I said, trying to force some strength back into my voice. Need? Cathaya asked skeptically. Why this sudden need? The masters at the university might know the answers you're looking for, but they wouldn't tell you even if you did ask which you won't. You're too proud for that, too clever to ask for help, too mindful of your reputation. I tried to speak, but my throat did nothing but make a dry, clicking sound. I swallowed and tried again. Please, I need to know. They killed my parents. Are you going to try to kill the Chandrian? The voice sounded fascinated, almost taken aback. Track and kill them all yourself? My word, how will you manage it? Haliax has been alive five thousand years. Five thousand years and not one second's sleep. Clever to go looking for the emir, I suppose. Even one proud as you can recognize the need for help. The order might give it to you. Trouble is, they're as hard to find as the seven themselves. Oh dear, oh dear, whatever is a brave young boy to do? Tell me! I meant to shout, but it came out pleading. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. Wonderful performance, Jeremy. I like your Darth Vader, Hannibal Lecter take. Thank you. I, I gotta say, there's nothing quite so much fun as reading the dialogue of something that is very, very evil. <laughs> and because you said serpent, because we were talking yesterday about the biblical thing, I started, like, 
making my S's more sibilant without even meaning to at first. And then I caught myself doing it. I was like, well, I better lean into it. A couple things jump out to me on this page. One, it knows a lot about Quoth. I don't know that this is just what it got on a like cold read of him from their first conversation. It really seems to me like he knows. I think it's reading his mind. It's reading his mind or it like someone else has been there to tell them to tell it about Quoth or it's been manipulating Quoth from a distance for a long time so it knows that it went to the university i think we're meant to think that it can just read his mind that it's telepathic but i think that we can't discount the possibility because rathas loves to do this like don't just assume something is true so we can't discount the possibility that it came by this knowledge some other way i think it would be absolutely delicious if it actually wants something else and quoth is kind of like collateral damage like if that it's been pulling strings to accomplish something else and that something else involved getting Quoth's parents killed and manipulating Quoth to come to Faye to talk to it, to send Quoth to do something else. And it's not even really about Quoth. Like, I don't know if that is what it is. Like if I was, you know, DMing this, that was what I might do. But I don't know. I think it'd be interesting if like, because clearly the, the Chandrian wants something. It's not just, maybe, I don't know, maybe it is just doing it for spite. I was going to say it's not just doing this out of spite, but maybe it is just doing everything out of spite. Maybe it just- You said Chandri, but you meant Cathay, right? Clearly the Cathaya wants something. I meant Cathay, yes. Yes, clearly the Cathay wants something, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe, you know, presumably it wants freedom. Maybe it's all in, in aid of getting it free. But like Bass says, it just causes the most destruction, the most misery that it can. So on the one hand, I think it would be interesting if Quoth's, the whole story and Quoth's whole journey was the result of uh, being collateral damage of the Cathay manipulating events to get Quoth to do something. And he's, it's not even really about him or the thing he does. I think that would be delicious. Um, but also it might just be that the Cathay causes misery and Quoth is a great vector for causing great misery. And like a data point for that is Quoth asks it like, why did you kill the purple butterfly? And it just says, pure spite. I envied its innocence and its lack of care. Is he talking about Quoth a little bit too, though? Well, exactly. <laughs> the red ones offend my aesthetic. The very first thing it says is about red. And of course, Quoth is deeply associated with the color red. And Quoth, like, Quoth isn't completely naive, but he is innocent you know, of the of many things about the world, and he is careless. And he is desperate. He's as close as he's ever gotten to real answers about the Chandrian. So he's absolutely mm-hmm. desperate. He can't keep his composure. Now, a, a data point that might point to the Cathay being like kind of a surface telepath is that it does seem like it's like it doesn't know until. He t- it talks to Quoth that Quoth wants to kill the Chandrian. It doesn't know why. It knows that he wants to ask about them, but not why. Or at least that's what it seems like. It does seem that way. Maybe there's some kind of rule to it, like the more information Quoth provides, the more it, it knows. Because it seems mm-hmm. to, it seems to, you know, respond. It, it seems to want to trigger him, or not trigger him, but like prompt him to respond. And then it seems to know more every time he responds. Mm-hmm. So as he talks to it, it gets to know more. Something like that. Like it, it waits. You know, it waits for him to to prompt it, tell me more, and then it says why. It doesn't just continue because maybe because it can't. Maybe because it needs mm-hmm. him to to tell it something. 
Yeah, like that you can read that as just it like taunting him and being manipulative and cruel, but it could also be that it does need it him to provide some input for it to keep doing its thing. Hmm. Yeah, I do think that Bast is wrong about the Chandrian about the Cathay, maybe not fundamentally wrong about it, his assumptions about it, but I do think that it's not all-knowing. I do feel like it's it's beholden to rules as well, even if those rules are attached to magic. So I take Bast's description of it with a grain of salt. As with most things in the world, like there's like he's probably right in some way, but he doesn't have the whole picture. The last thing I want to talk about is at the bottom of this page uh, where uh, the Cathay says, the order might give it to you. Trouble is they're as hard to find as the seven themselves. I think that the Cathay likes hiding little jokes, uh, little half truths in its uh, responses. And I take this to mean that they are the order, that the the Amir and the Chandrian are one and the same. Uh, I don't read that, but I accept that that is a potential reading. Yeah, again, that's one where I'm like, taken on its face on its own, I don't think so. But if that turned out to be true, then this would be a good piece of evidence to point to that. But I I think that's a little bit thin. I look forward to accepting your resignations when it's revealed that the Chandrian... (laughs) What are we resigning from? This podcast. The podcast has a finite end date anyway. Yeah, but he's going to kick us out. Like, if we get to the page in Doors of Stone that reveals that this was the case. What? And he's going to do it by himself? Are you kidding? No way. He yeah. would love that. Mike Duncan did it. <laughs> uh, mercy. It takes all three of us to motivate any one of us to it, do it this. It takes a village to raise a podcast. I got to say, I, I don't want to finish this episode without highlighting the sick burn that the Cathaya the, the lays on both. I can see 10 feet through here and you're barely three feet deep is chef's kiss annihilated (laughs) red to filth. It is a wonderful burn. But also that does kind of imply like either it is just good at like cold reading somebody the way that like a stage magician does, or it really can like see into his mind and heart. And there's not that much there. Like he's not a, his his motivations are not that complex. It remains to be seen. I do think it's also a, a good point of characterization for Quoth. Is like this is a sequence for Quoth comes across as like really kind of pathetic and desperate in a way that he rarely does. He always seems really like in control of himself. You know, he's he's put together. He's like he plays his cards close to the vest. Even like when he's talking with Denna and he's like, he so desperately wants her to like him. He doesn't come across as like this needy and weak. And he comes across as needy and weak in this sequence, which I think is interesting. Because this is the thing he wants most in all the world. The thing, his one true heart's desire, the motivation for his entire being. I feel like that's really sad. It is sad. I think it's meant to be sad. Yeah. Poor Well, I mean, if he's not, if he doesn't want it this badly, if he isn't this unabashed and desperate, then so much about the rest of his character is unsympathetic, right? Like these moments of pathos are part of what keep him human and relatable and interesting. If he was just a big smarty pants know-it-all who was just a douchebag to everybody, then he'd just be Rick Sanchez. (laughs) And like the thing that makes Rick, you know what? That's not fair because Rick Sanchez is also 
not only that, he's also a very sad person uh, who has like some really dark stuff going on in his interior life, but he can't ever let that show because he thinks of it as like a character defining weakness, right? Like it's part of that character's drama and conflict that he isn't a completely unfeeling monster, but he can't ever let other people see that about himself. I think Quoth and Rick do have that in common. Yeah. Okay. Reasonable. I, uh, I, I have no more things. That was, uh, that was all my things. Nick, do you have any more things, or do you just want to read another page with the Chandrian's dialogue on it? Yes, let's move along, Jeremy, move along. Then we'll move along, ping-ponging between our two scary Cathaya voices on tomorrow's page. Uh... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 